This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, July 13th, 2021, episode 339. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm over here choking on the uh, swig of tea I had before the show. This is Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. We bring you the latest... Hold on a second. Brian, what is going on with your camera here, my guy? What's There's a box floating around. What's, I can, Now you're muted. I can't even hear you. What's what's going on? I'm trying to do like my... my op- focus. I'm trying to do my opening, and all of a sudden I see this... this Boxes I don't know why it's flying around. On the screen. <laughs> okay, usually I could touch the touch screen on my camera to set a focus point. And so I did that, and all of a sudden it puts a box around my face. It's like normally it only shows it on the touch screen, but it's showing it on the regular screen too. So this is way no, off uh, the rails. <laughs> there's no focus happening right now. Right, 330. I'm trying to do the intro, and all of a sudden I'm like, what, what is happening? How in the world do I get it? <laughs> I mean, if everybody wants to see where exactly the focus is, autofocus is handling on my camera at the time, this is perfect. I was but, very uh, distracted. I was like, this is the first time I've ever seen this. And you saw me like, what do I click? What do I even do on this camera to turn that off? It looks so like, stupid. It looks like a strike zone. Yeah, it's like, it, that's the focus point. So if I, I tap on the screen here, I can set. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I want my water bottle. <laughs> this is going to be a good show. Uh, all right, hold, yeah, so hold on. you can see. All right, well, wait, wait. Oh, it's back. No, I, I got to close the screen because okay. I don't know if it. All right. Well, uh, this is episode 339 of Infection, the Survival Podcast. You couldn't tell by listening. Uh, my name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on various social media platforms at Nicholas M. Craig. Also, you can visit my website, nickcraig.com, where you can listen to the radio program each and every morning over at 980 The Wave. All right. Joining me. No boxes on his face yeah. anymore. I, Brian. I think they're gone now. Brian we'll with see. an eye, Aldrich. Wow, what an opening. <laughs> Unbelievable. You'd think, yeah. you know, well, it's not like it's only been. We're uh, just about 340 six, shows in. Six years, something, seven years. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we know. <laughs> we we're, we're figured out. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's Camlock, but the, uh, we'll figure it out. Before next week's show. Now, one, 30 seconds before the show airs, all of a sudden something new pops up. That's the best thing that could ever happen. Well, but and I'm over here me. choking to death on this tea. I was like, oh, the intro's playing. Let me take a sip. I sip it. <laughs> it's just like, why, why am I even bothering? Like, why are we even here? Yeah. I know. This disaster. is Windows updates. Jesus. It's that Windows 11 update I did. Yeah, uh, hey, if you want to find, find me uh, at Brian Aldridge on Gab or Parlor, or if you want to check out my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, but also, you may need to go check out our website and go to infectionpodcast.com. And on there, you'll see on the right-hand side, it has a joiner server on Discord. And if you do that, you can submit news topics throughout the week. Uh, you can hang out, play some ARC. With, we have a big community of people playing ARC on a regular basis. Uh, we've got some different hangout channels where people chat about various things. So if you're interested in that, join our Discord server. It's free. We don't ask anything special of you to be able to do that. Um, and then we have our Steam group, which uh, when Steam's not down uh, during our show, you actually get a notification to join us live. I mean, we did pick probably the worst day, <laughs> the, the one Steam hour window of when we do our show. But hey, we got this. Uh, and then we also have our podcast extras. If you want to get the pre and post show, uh, you can. we've got a lot of those. Not all of them are up there, but some to kind of give you an idea of what we do uh, for the show on a regular basis. 
And then we have all of our different video forms. So Twitch, YouTube, uh, DLive, uh, BitChute. Those are all ways that you can watch live or uh, recordings after the fact. And then our audio-only forms on the lower right. So if you want to do that, there's a lot of different platforms, whether it's mobile, web-based, anything is down there. A lot of different ways you can listen. Uh, If you are listening, you might want to follow along with the show notes. And if you do that, just click on the particular episode that you're listening to, and you'll see a video player, an audio player, and all the different links that we refer to throughout the show. So if you're really wanting to maybe listen but see the videos, just pull up this page. When we start playing with those videos, play it in uh, maybe on your phone or something like that, and you can follow along even if you're uh, out in the road. Uh, and then if you want to support us, you can go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Um, and then we also have Humble. We have Amazon. We've got uh, Subscribe Star. We've got all kinds of different ways that you can, uh, Prime Gaming subs, a lot of different ways you can support the show. And uh, if you're interested in that, just go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, sir. Um, do want to just make a quick note about it. Our uh, trip that we've been talking about is officially in yes. the books. So if you'd like to head out to Las Vegas or lost wages, as it's known, Nevada, <laughs> um, we're going the 16th through the 19th. Just direct yep. message Brian or myself on Discord, and we'll get you thrown in the group with all the uh, details. My flights are booked. We've got an Airbnb booked. So I'll probably book time- my flights tomorrow or something. <clears throat> So time off from work our good friend uh i don't want to dox him tag durant tag durante will also be there i've got the goal to pronounce his name by the uh end of our vegas trip so looking forward to that middle september meeting up with the crew i do want do want to note yet one more time we're not spending any of the infection podcast bucks for this because it's this is all personal fun yes so just put that out there so, uh, yeah, so people yeah. say, hey, we're, are we paying for this? Uh, actually, no. we haven't touched those funds since PACs of, uh, what, two years ago 2019. Now? Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, so it's been rocking. It's been growing. We're going to have an awesome uh, PAX trip when we do go or wherever yeah. we go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they could just pay for it. We could go to that one over in Germany or whatever and just have they basically pay for the flight tickets. Oh, I was going to say we should just pay for the Vegas Airbnb, but never mind. We're not going to we're not going to do that. So, um, uh, all right. So uh, so so with that aside, again, you could just send us a message on Discord. We won't lament on it here too much. All right, Brian, we don't have a whole hell of a lot of actual game news this week, which is not. Yeah, it's been terrible. kind of a weird. There's, yeah, there's not been a ton of stuff. I mean, there's a few games with some things in it, uh, a few follow ups of things that we've discussed is uh, legal matters happening. Uh, but one big thing, I don't know, do you have a preference? Do you mind if we just jump no, into don't. what I think is probably one of the biggest pieces of news sure. and a little bit of an answer to some of the things that we've been kind of wondering coming out of Amazon? You know, their okay. new game studio, they've got that. Uh, we've been wondering, well, okay, they they bought a version of, uh, of oh, what's the game Crytek. engine? Um, Crytek. CryEngine. Cry yeah, Crytek, mm-hmm. CryEngine. And they, they bought one version out, and then all of a sudden the company that, you know, Crytek, then released a whole new version the next day. So like they they worked out a contract where they were pretty much buying the existing version as is, and then they released a whole new, much updated version that uh, Amazon didn't get. And I was kind of wondering, well, are they going to fix uh, CryEngine? Well, here is the answer. Uh, came out of kind of nowhere, but they're, they've changed the name. Uh, before it was called Lumberyard. Yes. And now it's called Open 3D Engine. Oh, and this God. is a totally open source uh, engine. That means there's no fees for using it. It's a triple A level because they took pretty much took CryEngine and they redid it. I, I assume they bought CryEngine for 
some of the technology in it. You know, they like the shaders, whatever it is. Um, but it, they've pretty much reworked the whole thing. And I, I, I there's some videos. I, there's a, a, a couple minute video, I think of maybe a, up to a five minute video, but it's very yeah. informative. Now, okay. these Amazon guys, they didn't, they actually brought engineers to do the speaking. Uh, they're pretty laid back. You can tell they're programmers. Um, this is the bros. About what you generally, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I understand these guys, but uh, so I'm sorry that they don't talk fast and there's not like crazy flying action, but they do talk a lot about what, what's going on with this new engine. So let's go ahead and play that. And then we can follow up uh, with some of the features and things that this might affect. Uh, going forward. Welcome to the Open3D Engine YouTube channel. Holy I'm Alex Martin, a technical trainer with the AWS Game Tech team. <laughs> I, I tried to warn so you. Like, they could have got this done half the time. About the, open the show's over. Sorry, we gotta, go. gotta go. <laughs> and this left you with a few unanswered questions. Well, look no further. In this video, we're going to take a look at what exactly the Open3D Engine is and at some of its many features. Now, a quick disclaimer before we begin. Due to the open source nature of O3DE, the O3D community is constantly making improvements. So check the description below for any updates. So what exactly is O3D? It's a multi-platform 3D development engine that brings together both integrated and external 3D authoring tools like Maya, Blender, ZBrush, The Substance Suite, and countless others. This enables users to build AAA games, cinema quality 3D worlds for video production, and high fidelity simulations. Another incredible benefit of using O3DE is that the user pays zero licensing fees. Open3D Engine consists of a robust set of features, for instance, gems, which are modules that contain libraries with standard interfaces and assets. Each system in O3DE is provided by its own gem and you can pick and choose what functionality to add based on your requirements. You can also customize O3DE or replace functionality entirely with your own gems. In future hey, videos, right we'll cover gems in much more depth. So on here, the, the one thing that's pretty big about this is they've modularized the engine. A lot of things that can be either big uh, size-wise or resource-wise They've totally modularized it to where you can enable or disable. That includes like multiplayer. You enable or disable uh, multiplayer. Uh, one thing I will say, Unreal Engine doesn't have a way to really do this. There are some features that you can enable and disable. They're more of the kind of testing features sometimes or ones for specific products, but not down to this level. So if you're looking to make a very small, for instance, uh, maybe a mobile game and you don't want to have you want it to be as small as possible. This would really allow you to kind of pick the features think, that you want, leave everything Unity out. Unity has this, some sort of similar yeah, thing. Yeah, they probably have something similar to this. And Unreal Engine has a little bit of this, but not to the point of where you can really take out a ton of features to make it much, much smaller. I mean, you this have to manually not, do it if you're going to do it. When I, when I first heard that, so this is not the blueprint system that Unreal has for building. No. This is just for controlling, essentially... Well, what like features what the are end, available? So similar to the, if you've ever used um, Microsoft Visual Studio, when you use that, you can yes. turn on different C Sharp, C Plus, all of those different at, like what to it give it the do. ability. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's say you maybe uh, there, and you could turn on. Let's say you had no sound in your game. I'm assuming maybe to the level even to disabling the sound so that no code for sound is in there, right? So, so to shrink it down. Hypo not hypothetically, but in practicality here, if you're making a small game. You can mm -hmm. make the game as 
physically small as possible because you can just turn off yes. all the unneeded assets that aren't wasting yeah. space in the the, the final release even if of you bundle an unreal engine <clears throat> game uh it, that's a small small game the base project has a certain size just because of all the code that they throw in there to support all the things you could do mm. right interesting not that's what cool you feature. are doing yeah well and, okay think of it to this next level though and and ph is kind of i think getting there <laughs> when you modularize the whole thing if you want to upgrade, let's say you want to take the uh, the sound system, you want to upgrade that. It's so modular that there are kind of set pathways in and out of that. It, they treat. I, I'm assuming they're treating it kind of like an API, which makes it to where the other piece of the product doesn't see all the innards and the belt, you know, the things so, that make it happen. <clears throat> they just see the pathways, the doorways going in and out, and that's all they can have access to. One other thing I could see here: the fact that it's open source. Let's say somebody comes in and builds a better audio engine. Then what they they've got built in by default, they can put it on GitHub and then you can put it in your... You can add it, it to in. your feature. So so one thing, you could do total module replacements of features. Let's say a company wanted to take this. Being that it's open source, here's a totally legitimate, real situation that could happen. Okay. They come in, they say, we don't like the way that this engine renders. Let's say, you know, kind of like uh, CryEngine has that certain look. Unreal Engine has that certain look. Uh, Unity has that certain look yeah. where you can look at the game and a lot of them you can kind of see, okay, that is that engine. Uh, if you didn't like that, then you could take out and say, I'm going to rewrite or redo this whole piece of the renderer. You know, as, as long as it, that's a modular piece, let's say. I'm assuming because I haven't looked that close to, you know, really look at that detail. But you could then rewrite it, drop it in place as a module, enable it, and, be, and as long as you have all the things that communicate in and out of it hooked up and able to handle, you know, everything from all the other pieces, you could remake your whole thing and have your own look and your own custom render and it's open source. So, you know, you're totally in your rights to be able to do that. There's no licensing to worry about. And then if you wanted to give it back to the community, you could, you could turn around and say, Hey, this, you know, I'm giving back to the community. I think the biggest part of it is they can upgrade pieces and then you can update, let's say you can update your sound engine separately from maybe the video render. So let's mm -hmm. say there's a bug in one piece and you find that if you upgrade the newest version, it causes a bug, but you want to upgrade other pieces, this would hypothetically give the ability for them to modularly upgrade their game engine in their game, upgrade pieces of it. I mean, Which, it's a pretty cool concept. Upgrading game engines, or excuse me, jumping to the next version of a game engine for developers has always been a big issue, especially when features get deprecated and various yep. things. So this, this could potentially, and for example, Let's say that they decide to deprecate a feature. Well, yeah. some guy comes along, builds the equivalent feature on that, that support as, as a modular thing, maintain it, maintain it you're good to go. Hmm. This is yeah. very interesting. And, and, and so it takes off the table because right now, look at the issues we run into from things being deprecated. The biggest issue we run into, for instance, on Unreal Engine, you don't want to stay on really old versions of the engine. First of all, you're not getting the latest features. You're missing. You know, they've done so much stuff in the last three, four major revisions of Unreal Engine that you're if if you're keeping back three or four versions, you're missing out on a lot of cool stuff. Uh, this makes it to where that's not as much of an issue because if you wanted to, you could rewrite one piece, you know, or keep it the same version and update it internally. It's open source. You have total access to the source code to where you could fix bugs, um, you know, and then you could upgrade the rest of it like normal. I mean, it's just there's a lot of cool things that you could do in this. Um, it, you know how it's going to perform will be the big test, but it's it's fully Linux, uh, mobile. I mean, it does all the different devices. Um, you know, so it and it the the visuals of it, 
look pretty good. You know, I mean, it's still in its early, early ages, but it is a, it's, I mean, it's Apache 2.0 license. So you have, there's, you have full rights to use it and there should be nothing they can do to revoke it. Okay. Even with, you know, version upgrades and, and licensing changes. You want to jump back to the video? Yeah, let's go and go back to the video. I just wanted to point that out because I think yeah. most people kind of missed what that was and what it really, what we really meant for it. So go ahead. Okay. Another incredible feature is Atom, O3DE's physically based renderer. Atom is a cross-platform, modular, data-driven, and multi-threaded renderer that can be extended for a wide variety of visual and performance needs. Some of Atom's features include support for forward and deferred rendering, modular framework that allows for multiple rendering paths, DirectX 12, Vulkan, and Metal Graphics API support. It's optimized for cluster forward and shading models with discrete passes that give you control over Atom's final output, global illumination, ray tracing, support for parallax correction, and the Amazon shader language, a flexible extension of HLSL that allows you to write your own shaders in a familiar syntax. Overall, there's no limitations on customizable render passes. In O3DE, you can create runtime logic and functionality visually with Script Canvas or Program with Lua. With Script Canvas, scripts are created as flow graphs by placing and connecting functionality this is like blueprints. nodes. So, in a this is the blueprint piece. No programming required. Script Canvas allows you to experiment and iterate quickly and provides an easy entry point to new developers. With Lua, O3DE provides a traditional script model and the ability to use the editor of your choice. You don't have to choose. And this one is a very common other. language, by the you way. You can use yeah. both script my canvas and Lua in, in your Lua. projects and even within <laughs> scripted entities. O3DE provides support for a suite of industry standard physics solutions that you can use to add realism to your actors and environments and to visualize simulations. O3DE provides support for the following simulation SDKs NVIDIA Physics for creating static and dynamic rigid bodies, dynamic joints, and forces such as wind and gravity. NVIDIA Cloth, creating clothing and fabrics that realistically react to animated entities and physical forces. NVIDIA Blast, for creating dynamic destruction and multiple layers of fracturing and user-defined vector and stress damage limits. These physics solutions can be added as attributes to simple or complex entities. These entities can be created, shared, reused, and dynamically spawned with O3DE's prefab system. O3DE's prefab system includes the following features. Reusable assets with complete properties, components, and hierarchies. Prefabs use a human-readable text format, so you can use standard source control tools to view diffs and merge changes. Prefabs can be placed and managed dynamically. Now, that's a big deal. Uh, that's a big deal because that's very difficult okay. to do correctly in Unreal Engine with the way Don't, that they do it. Say it one more time. Okay, so what you can do is you can use a stand. So when you're submitting changes to code as a programmer, when you make a change to code, you're possibly making changes to similar, you know, similar areas of code as, as other people are. So they have a way that you can submit code changes to where it tries to work it into the existing way the code looks, right? So you could submit a hmm. change that you made, and then it will merge it, uh, hopefully without any errors, into the main code base, right? The main set of code. So they're saying with this scripting language you have the ability to still use it with those uh, versioning systems, which gotcha. I've never, I haven't been able to get Unreal Engine without using some you know, special project or pro products with it 
uh, to do that correctly. You know, you're more just uploading things. It's not doing versioning of your blueprints code in the same way like this one says. If, if that's what I correctly heard from them saying that you had the ability to do versioning with the scripting system, uh, that would be a big deal because you could then see with the scripts, the change logs, you know, of what changed where it with blueprints, it just sees this as a file, a file was uploaded, a file was replaced. It doesn't see the actual changes uh, smartly. Company prefabs is another exciting tool that will allow you to build levels quickly. With O3DE's white box gem, you can sculpt and manipulate geometric volumes quickly to get your world sketched out in engine. This will allow you to build both finalized assets as well as rapidly prototype entire worlds for your team. These are just some of the features O3DE offers, so stay tuned for future videos where we're going to explore much more O3D related content. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next video. So a uh, new player in the engine space, Brian, now as a uh, maybe an indie developer, you'll have the choice between yep. the uh, very popular Unreal Engine, the popular Unity Engine, or now Amazon's Open 3D Engine, which is the first open source mainstream you know AAA engine there are other open source engines but none of them are to this level let me ask you this though i mean would amazon not have been better off just building this thing from the ground up i mean can you i can't imagine how much they spent okay. on the crytech engine <laughs> I, i've actually how many, thought about this how many years <laughs> went by and now here we are with the brand new engine they could have probably just um, built this from scratch and called it a day okay so here here's where when I, when I kind of heard this news earlier and I, I was looking at it, I was thinking the exact same thing. Why would they make what seemed like such a drastic change? Uh, you know, uh, I, maybe the whole time their whole goal was just to rewrite the whole engine or maybe they got CryEngine and realized, first of all, the networking code sucks. They're going to have to rewrite everything anyways. Uh, if you're going to rewrite half of it anyways, why don't you just make it how you would want it? I mean, pro possibly there's some good code. I was curious. Can you open up or import a CryEngine project into this? Because it was based on CryEngine. Has it changed so much? I was just, you know, is there a way to bring a CryEngine project into this engine? Because that would be cool for the people that have the old version of CryEngine that haven't switched over to the new one. Because that can be, a, you know, for older games, that could be a big ordeal trying to switch to a new release of an engine. You know, it might be just as much work for them to move it over to this if there's some of those maintained. I, I, with how much they reworked it, though, I have a feeling that it's pretty much on its own now. That it's no longer like a CryEngine thing. So my other thing here, and and, and uh, for people to understand this and understand the whole thing here, I believe it, well, Amazon's original goal with this was to mm -hmm. the engine itself was free lumberyard. And they would yeah, make their but, money on yeah. the multiplayer side of it. Lumberyard would only, the only yes. uh, multiplayer support or server support for Lumberyard would have been through Amazon's AWS cloud. That was the yes. original goal. I don't know what, I would assume that this is an open 3D and this is a completely open engine that yes, they're not so they going to have. They cannot limit that. They're they not going to have, and they, they don't, don't have a way to. So then. Yeah, so they. The, with the so Apache I, license, they have the only thing they can say is you cannot sell this engine. You can sell the game, right? The result that was exported out of the engine, but you can't turn around and 
rewrite this engine and sell it. You can't yeah. put a new interface on it and try to sell it for money. That that's where their limitation is. But really, there's there won't be any fees or, or obligations by the end company. Uh, this what I'm more curious of: Will this get like a marketplace support? Will there be a place where people can make those modules and you know submit them to a marketplace like the audio engine? Like that would be a step up. <laughs> I mean, look at Unreal Engine. You can't you can't modify the engine and sell the modified version in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, you know this this right here sounds like that would be a possibility. Someone could sell a module that's an upgraded sound engine for this, or you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes because it's so new. It's in developer preview right now, and you can you can fork it on GitHub and and mess with it. Uh, but there's not all those things in place. Uh, you know, with the, how they're talking, they're kind of talking like this is already in place. You know, the videos because they're expecting it to be in place. But there's not a market. There's not all these developers doing all these things yet. It's it's right now. It's it's Amazon making these things in uh in association with so adobe is working with us on them uh with them on this and then uh, hawaii who hawaii is it way way isn't that what it is huawei 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 that's it um sorry i was trying to get the pronunciation right huawei and then intel and niantic um but china ph points out my biggest concern (laughs) uh is it huawei can't they not even sell a phone here anymore like one of these places like they because of stuff they were doing underhanded, they can't even sell a phone here. So uh, there is some China influence in this well, when Huawei comes in, but there's a lot of American companies as well. And so we'll just see where it goes. Uh, I'm not quite sure 100% yet. There's a YouTube channel that has a lot of videos if you're interested in kind of digging into uh, more about the particular details. They've got um, a whole playlist of, of videos here talking about like script canvas, um, which is that th- that uh, visual language, the editor, a tour of the editor, networking overview, which is the big limitation previously on CryEngine that they would have reworked and revamped and made totally new here. Um, AWS Gems, which uh, I think those are... Gems is the can, modular The modular, modular piece, yeah, yeah, so that you can have it automatically like store files in AWS, which is you know in the web services or the compute cloud or all the things they do. Their special render, they have a video on that. Um, creating projects from command lines so you can generate, I guess, a project, um, setting it up from GitHub, and then a developer overview. So those are the current videos that they have right now. That's uh, they, they released those one week ago or within the last week, uh, and then we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Um, there are some articles that we'll you know talks about some of the various companies. Um, there's a list of features. I don't know if. if I can, we could double check to make sure there's no features we missed. Um, but yeah, so there's there's 20-something companies. There's some videos showing kind of like things rendered in it uh, in some of our links. Be very interesting. Uh, this is kind of, you know, no more Lumberyard as, as we know it. Um, and this is going to be the next step. Cool. Well, there's a bunch of links and videos and whatnot in our show notes. You can find this embedded in the uh, episode 339 episode of Infection Podcast on our website infectionpodcast.com all right brian we're about halfway through the show here um so where do we go from here in terms of uh show note wise all right so uh one thing so politically i'm going to mention something that's a little political but uh more it's more of a thing that i think would be interest to our listeners uh so biden just signed an executive order to restore uh net neutrality 
Uh, and for okay. those who don't don't know, uh, one of the big things that they bring up as an example of net neutrality is: uh, Do you want your cable provider charging you for Netflix? Uh, you know, charging you a separate fee to be able to maybe get priority traffic on Netflix. I can promise you, there's some people that probably would say yes. <laughs> you know, uh, because there's people with 4K TVs. Eventually, get to 8K TVs. Uh, there'll be no way to buffer that. Uh, you know, in some situations, but. Uh, other people say, well, I want to have it to where everything's totally free and open and nothing can be charged or limited on my internet. Uh, I, I try not to really take us. I, I see the, the sides of both of it. I see the arguments. So I kind of stay out of this one because I, I think both can be bad in certain ways. Um, but that's going to be happening, uh, with, with, uh, Trump. They, he signed an executive order reversing it. You've seen it the internet here for however many years now with net neutrality not in place. Let's give it a couple of years with net neutrality in place and see if you think we're in a better place. Uh, that's all, all right. I can say. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, with everything, uh, this is a, we'll see what they do with it. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I didn't see a real big difference when he made it go away. I mean, I, I don't Neither think anyone's, but, but we will see, we'll see what happens. There's been um, very little, very little on both sides of, you know, there's a yeah. higher higher level conversation, but for the most part, even with net neutrality in place, then it being repealed, now it potentially going back into place. Not a whole lot has changed for the uh, for the end user thus far, but yeah. it is an interesting thing to note. No question about it. Yeah, I just want to make sure people are aware. If you see any articles coming up, uh, there was a big hubbaloo when when he signed the executive order. Of course, it was Trump, so they had to make a big hubbaloo about everything. Of course, but there was a big hubbaloo at the time of how everything was going to fall apart when he signed it away. Well, no one's noticed the difference in Obama or sorry, Biden for some reason signing back in. So here we go. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's talk about China here for a little bit. China. Sure. Some good old China. Uh, so there has been, I've got two here that are kind of uh, similar ideas, but there's been some interesting cheats and just all kinds of things happening. But in China, one thing that I didn't expect to see is that Tencent, our favorite Chinese publisher, right, uh, is now using facial recognition to stop children from gaming at night. So a third party company (laughs) is using your camera to scan your face, see if you're a child and tell you you're not allowed to use a product that you own. Now, of course, you don't own anything in China. That's the beauty of it. Um, <laughs> gotta love China. Uh, so they have the right to tell you what you can and can't do with the uh, government's property. Yeah. You are the government's property over in so, China. So listen to this. Tencent said its new technology would require players to confirm their identity via facial recognition algorithms in order to keep playing mobile games past 10 p.m. Wow. Yeah. Firebomb saying, I need this for my kids. <laughs> um wow the way it works yeah, simple. And children under the age of 18 try to play a game t- past 10 p.m or before 8 a.m they'll have to pass a check that uses the phone's camera to verify their identity and age not sure how it's going to do their age this extra measure is a is is in place to stop children who are easily circumventing previous age gating methods to enforce china's strict laws on gaming activity wow so PH brings up, he says, just emulate the front cam, you know, and have an old man in the camera. I bet you what they're doing and why they're using a phone camera, they're probably having you facing it up here, but then having you rotate it around your face to, to get the 3D aspects of it so that you can't fake it with a picture. It's not even that. It's, it's probably not even why that. 
it's not even that. I've got some experience in uploading pictures to services where they verify your identity. And the, oh, yeah. the way that it works is they'll say, you know, take a picture with a thumbs up. So you, you put oh, a thumbs, and then up, they and then take the thumbs the, up and take thumbs up. Yeah, it's just so that again you can. Now, obviously, there's always a way to to fake it, but um, that is how identity works now on various uh, apps mm, in the in the United States to, to verify how, that you're you're a human. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 yeah. They'll take you three or three or four pictures doing a different thing. And they show the picture of what they want you to do. You do that, and if you match it up, they'll it it, it gets they'll verified. they'll give you okay. So something like that. So whatever they're doing. Yeah. That is now happening uh, in China. So Great. Uh, some other things <laughs> in China is uh, so the GPU prices have been starting to drop because of a, a crypto crackdown that they've been doing. There's also which, a huge crash is it illegal in the crypto to, market. Is it illegal to mine cryptocurrency some places or to do it? Um, I just find it odd that, I mean, being that they're a socialist country, they would view your overconsumption of energy as a slight against the other citizens. So that could be a very negative thing in their mind. But here, where you pay for it, um, they wouldn't. So I see here that they're talking about they're doing a crackdown, um, you know, and I'm just wondering, it, like, how are they doing a crackdown on the, on this? You know, I didn't realize it yeah. was illegal in China, you know, to a level to to, to do this. So, okay, here we go. Because this is recent. In recent weeks, the in the provinces of Inner Mongolia and Xinjiang banned cryptocurrency mining. So you can't even wow. do it there anymore. That'll get you. So they're having the local power companies, the local, local electric utilities, watch clients' power consumption and report anything larger than average. Dude, I'd be, they'd be coming to my house, knocking on the door. My power bill is like way out, way higher than average. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, and I don't do any crypto six, currency. Five money. people living in your house, six people living in your yeah, house. Yeah, so, you know, and I got computers and everything, you know, fish tanks, everything on. Lamps. Uh, and I run my AC all the time in the summer. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, that's why I have a job. Uh, and so. <laughs> that's why I have. I have a job, so I'm not sweating my balls off. Yeah, I want to sit comfortably in my house and where I, <laughs> it seems like I work from now, anyways. You know, so yeah. I'm going to pay the extra to have AC all day. I feel the. Uh, my AC, uh, absolutely. I keep my AC. My yeah. cat gets a little temperamental if it gets too warm, so I make sure to keep it nice and cool for <laughs> hey, her. You gotta keep her happy. Absolutely. For him, yeah. is it? No, no, it's a female. Um, no. Don't, please okay, don't, her, yeah. uh, please don't uh, misgender. incorrectly misgender my animal. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a hate crime. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so they banned it in certain places, um, in which should be making a big difference because they've been seeing that price, the high-end cards have been, the prices have been dropping a little bit. Well, uh, there, I think there's some other things kind of playing into that as well. But in China, uh, they've noticed that it's gone from a 25 to 45 percent uh, decline. Well, if you want to get a little bit deeper into this, um, what also is happening is there is a severe contraction going on in the cryptocurrency yes. market. Some of this being pushed on. That's right. Yeah, exactly. By Elon Musk back a couple of well, at this point, probably a month or two ago with him announcing was that, that Doge, Dogecoin. Well, not even that. Him announcing that Tesla will no longer allow you to purchase using Bitcoin, and the claim for that was that it's not environmentally friendly to to produce and mine. And that was back a couple of months ago. Um, also, uh, the Federal Reserve having moved up their uh, potential interest rate hike is sending the U.S. bond market into a little bit of an upheaval. And obviously, PH is mentioning to the moon. 
the uh, Wall Street bet jokers and their pump and dump schemes. It just there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty in markets in general, and which may allow crypto- us to finally get a good video card. Is that what you're telling me? Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, and 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 for as many you know, people always want to say, oh, cryptocurrency is its own separate thing. It is, but having looked at, I mean, you look at, I'm just looking at Bitcoin over the last month. It's down eight percent over the last month. It's a significant yeah. amount. I mean, if the stock market was down eight percent over the last month, people's people would the, the streets would be on fire. People would be jumping out of buildings in New yeah. York City. That is a yeah. serious issue. So, yeah. lots of things going on with the cryptocurrency market. Yes, I mean Bitcoin's only a th- I say only thirty two thousand. It was up at what fifty five thousand not that long ago. So it's you're talking yeah. about a significant uh, uh, nosedive in that. So yep. and that's and that's not just Bitcoin. Ethereum is down, XRP is down, Bitcoin Cash is down, Litecoin is down. The whole crypto market as a whole is in a serious contraction. A lot of that yep. having to do with some of the uncertainties in the US market, the bond market, people willing and not willing to buy US debt, the housing issues, uh lumber cost. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that are all factoring into this. Which yeah, and I yes, think I, I think, think we're on our way into a, 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 a into a crash. I think well, I hope you know, you're our wrong, economy is. But, I think you're right. I mean, I just <laughs> I think it's happened. It happens every you know every certain type of presidents. Um, and so we're it's starting to happen. It's starting to unfold. I, I feel like we're right there. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and the real question will be I, I, the I, uh, the Federal Reserve. I just the Federal Reserve changing yeah. their moving forward their interest rate by I think it was from 2020, 2020 2023 to twenty twenty two they've moved their yeah. uh, calendar forward so that uh, that could be an issue PH of course no, noting that a lot of Bitcoin and stocks and just kind of trash yeah. stocks were being pumped by stimulus checks maybe this is more of a correction nevertheless serious contractions going on in the cryptocurrency market which yes could make the GPU short, it make it not quite as lucrative to purchase yep. a three thousand dollar GPU to mine Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecash, whatever it may be. So, yes, yeah. Well, and Good so stuff. we'll see. And this something we'll, we'll be following, you know, because I think this is going to be an ongoing thing that's not going to be settled anytime soon. Uh, we'll just well, keep following it. Speaking of ongoing things that aren't going to be settled anytime soon, Chronicles of Illyria, Brian. Um, yes. There's an update. <laughs> there's an update on this. Uh, Chronicles of Lyra backers sound the alarm on a class action lawsuit waiver in a new NDA. The backers are raising eyebrows this week um, over a new NDA that Soulbound Studios is asking them to sign before granting them access to test for the spinoff games Kingdoms of Illyria. That's because I would, the yeah, NDA. Forget that. That's and that's because the NDA has a clause that essentially waives players' rights to engage in a class action lawsuit. So hmm. it seems like maybe a little backdoor action going on here from the folks over at Soulbound to get some of their class action filers to essentially lock themselves legally out of a class action lawsuit. I'm not sure if it'll yep. be retroactive. Uh, seems a little shady to say the la- least. I've never known of a it should video have been game. In there originally. No, <laughs> it shouldn't have been. And it- but I'm saying if he was going to put in there, if he's worried about I mean, class action, he should have I've put never- it in the very beginning. I have signed numerous and I have signed dozens of NDAs at no point has class action NDAs. Yeah, are I've not, not seen one in there. 
with a class not for that type lawsuit. of thing. No, it's about so that you don't go and leak something to the press. That's but he, what an but he, they're does. getting you to sign an official legal document Correct. and throwing that in there so that it counts. The now, I will is note. People don't, aren't, if they don't think about it and they just sign it, they are. I mean, how much are you going to get out of this class action anyways? Uh, you know, I'm not so worried about that, but it's a pretty slimy thing to do. Kind of shows you where I they're will, at. I will note that NDAs traditionally are not um, very enforceable in a court of law in general, just because yeah. they're kind of. They're very well, loose legal documents, to, and and it so has to do with the company wanting states. to enforce it. Well, and part of it has to do with the states that you know where where it's being uh, where it's written is what you know the rules go by, and then you're dealing with people out of states, you're dealing with people out of country, and as you said, good luck enforcing that. Yeah, there's there's some things. There's, I mean, a class action lawsuit is one thing I guess you could enforce because it's probably being done in the United States and by a place that cares. But almost everything else you're doing in that NDA, uh, there's very little that they can do. Yeah. So there you go. That's that. Try to maybe uh, skirt a little backdoor thing in here. Not going to work. And now that this article is out, makes them look even more shady than they already had, which was already incredibly shady to start. So Chronicles of Illyria, ladies and gentlemen, no, uh, no ending in sight. Hey, I wanted to talk really quickly about something that kind of caught me off off guard and i play sure. a game called raid shadow legends now a lot of wait you play, play this app. i play this yeah oh gee oh, what, what i'm i'm ready i'm ready for the sponsorship thing to fly over for this well, episode sponsored I, I, know by raid shadow legends. I know a lot of people sponsor oh, this geez. we're not we're not we're not sponsored by this game i'm just saying i do play this game oh, uh you know boy. i guess if you could message me i'll give you a friend thing so i guess free stuff but we don't we're not sponsored by this um but one thing that i did see pop up on my stream that I thought was really weird because I actually do enjoy this game. They're adding Ninja. Yes, the streamer, the blue-haired Ninja into Raid Shadow Legends. Now, this is the first real person that I know of that they've ever added into this. And uh, and Ninja is just kind of an odd one because I don't associate... There's there's really popular, like, in the Raid world, there's one streamer um, called Hell Hades who, who does all pretty much most of the YouTube videos. You know, there's like one or two of them that make real youtube videos ninja i've never really i mean they must be looking at the pure numbers if he advertises it um but he's going to be a free character they have a picture of him if you want to show that really quickly of what he looks like in game um looks like a the jazz. other characters yeah the other characters look way cooler <laughs> uh, it, i mean they guys were like his skin all he has is blue hair that's that's yeah, but, it but you look you, there's uh, okay scroll down there's a better picture you can kind of see i mean his armor oh. You know, he's got some things beyond that that look kind of cool. Like, he's got a weird arm. But it's like they picked a body that really didn't matter. You know, you could have anything. And then they added a human face onto it. And blue hair. He's got a bow. He's got one wing. Uh, you can actually go to the next picture because it shows a full body uh, representation of what it looks like. But I don't see it's just picture. odd. There's only two pictures. Uh, well, that one's like a... you can On that one you had, it's like a playlist. It's like a Oh, a oh I see it. I'm sorry. Freaking IG. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, and you can see here they've got races. they've got the various angles of the character. That's just I mean, you could put any face in there, it wouldn't have really mattered. Um wow, his right arm is significantly bigger than his left. I wonder what's going on. Oh yeah, on. well he's an internet gamer. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean it, it looks interesting. We'll see if he's you know a decent oh, character to get, but they're adding. This is the first time I've seen this where they did this kind of promotion <sighs> to add a streamer 
as a character in the game. Hopefully this doesn't become the trend because one thing I like is their characters are actually pretty cool looking. I bet you they paid him a literal fortune for this. Just to have him in the game. I'm sure it is a copious, copious amount of money. Like, uh, unbelievable. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll Good see. Him. I'm um, sure he made a hell of a payday. On oh, this yeah. Game. I mean, hey, if, if he can do it, do it. But it's a, this is just, it's a weird partnership. Not one I expected to see. You know, you could say, who would you, who would be cool to have a character in here? Ninja was not on the list. I've <laughs> yeah, never heard of Ninja not. in this game whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we've got some other stuff here. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's jump to, let's jump to CD Projekt Red really quick. Now, one sure. thing, there was a breach that happened. We talked a little bit of, about it. They did yeah. do an update. Um, we have a link for that. Uh, and, you know, they pretty much go through what they've done. Uh, to to make it so this won't happen again, you know, redesigning the core IT infrastructure, fire new next gen firewalls, all the stuff that when somebody gets uh, hacked, they go out and buy and kind of fix everything that they've been slacking on. So um, they are making changes to that. But one thing that they did announce that I didn't know was going to happen is they are going to be releasing a new Witcher three DLC. Oh, and sweet! This DLC is going to be based on the Netflix show. Because they, they ah. just released, the, I think today they released the new trailer for okay. Witcher, Witcher Season 2. Uh, and now they're having uh, a DLC based on the Netflix show that they're putting in there. Um, it's going to be free uh, you know, for all current users and included in the next-gen version of the game. You know, They're preparing right now for the Xbox and the Playstations. Um, so this is going to be pretty cool. They've got some new cover art, which you know says extra items inspired by the Netflix series. So it's pretty much going to be maybe swords, various things that they put in the game in the show that you know weren't in the original game, perhaps um, you know swords, armor, uh, some you know things for the horse that they've added onto the horse. One nice thing about this is they can kind of get away with breaking lore a little bit because if they want to add something new, they add it in the show, and they're like, oh, now we can add it in the game well, it is- too. It's there. Well, it is tech. I mean, it is technically lore. Once it's in the if the, the show is an adapt, yeah, exactly. They're they're cur- yeah. the, the show is an adaptation of the game's lore. So, anything that's added to the game is, excuse me, anything that that's added to the series is technically lore. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This gives them a lot of creative direction to, for sure. Oh yeah, and they can pretty much whatever they wanted to do in the show. Now they can just roll it into the game and say, hey, you know, it's all it's all together, and then eventually people just get used to that concept. It's a great way to kind of. Uh, get away with whatever you want because <laughs> you, you know those people especially when a game that's been around a long time like this one has uh you get people that just get so stuck on it but that wasn't in the original game that wasn't in the original game you know and if you get this where i say well that doesn't matter we're we're adding new things we're adding them into the original game everybody's happy because people love free stuff so that is happening uh there was a tweet also uh that we linked to kind of talking about it and uh you know has that screenshot in it so if you're interested go check it out but I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Was there a date on this? Mm, um, not that I saw. I didn't see. It says, I, I'm sure it'll be out probably it, maybe with the new season or something like that. It just says uh, more but info it'll coming, coming up soon. So. Yeah, I, I didn't see a date when I was going through it, but it, it should be out pretty soon with the new uh, new season of the show. Sounds like a, so. uh, a soon TM to me. Yeah, well, I'm and ho- hopefully this is something that they keep doing. I mean, that would be kind of nice as if, uh, you know, because Witcher 3 
is a game that still is very very fun to play yeah but it's fun to play i mean it visually looks good uh visually still looks really good um you know they managed to update the graphics on it and you know they've done things over time to kind of keep it up and and going so and it's very model uh modable so it's, it's a good game all right um we're getting close on time let's go ahead i've got and uh, do you have one that you prefer yeah, I'd like to talk about this Ubisoft story uh, real oh, yeah. quickly. Um, Ubisoft documents suggesting that toxic management has contributed to loss of talent and image. Um, mm-hmm. uh, massively overpowered, attribute saying this headline might read like water is wet, um, but it's part of Ubisoft's own universal registration document, a mandatory document for public companies that identifies risks. And you can go through and read through it. Yeah, I mean, this is... I assume most large companies have a very similar issue that they say, you know, management is toxic. I think yeah. that is pretty common at any large company. Um, yep. So, yes, I would agree with this. Water is wet in terms of that. Not, I mean, I mean isn't this all large? Once you get larger and larger as a company, it becomes very difficult to make decisions and to change direction and to do a lot of things without it taking a lot of time. I mean, that's one thing that's been an adjustment for me oh, going into yeah. a company where I'm now working with very large company. You know, I'm being contra- contracted out to companies much larger than the one I work for. And uh, the getting used to the, oh, I need an answer. I can't just go to that one person and get an answer right now. Or you know, the person's up enough chinks of the ladder to where you don't just message them and harass them a bunch about whatever yeah. question you have. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you get used to. And here, when you have management that isn't good, you know, isn't well-tuned, um, isn't, you know, isn't done well, you have this where just things kind of go off the rails and you have big delays and just nothing seems to start, you know, works right. Everything gets more expensive and takes more time. Yeah, I think that's I mean, what they're kind of hinting at is what's happening here. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna. I'm not disparaging the company I work for, but it's the second largest uh, radio conglomerate in the United States, and mm-hmm. it's a similar thing. Things take forever to get done because there are so yep. many people involved. There's so many so approvals. Many yeah, and that. But that. That's just what it is. Would I necessarily call that toxic? No. Is it frustrating coming from previously where I could pretty much do wherever I wanted and didn't have to really get approval? Yes, but I would. Ne- I yep. don't think I'd necessarily call it toxic is it frustrating sure but that's again that's that is one of the there are pluses and benefits of working for a large company benefits yeah you know resources available you can take time off and people can cover for you that's a benefit of working at a large company there are some disadvantages the slowness of processes and things is part of it and that's what this seems like more than anything else um saying that key talent being lost damaging the company's reputation and image um so it, it's now in a public document that they're required to file uh, as a possible risk but yep. this is par for the course with any large company so nothing yep. to, nothing to really see here but nevertheless kind of an interesting headline all right so i have one thing that uh, we'll see if this takes any more of the time but i saw yep. uh, some new cheats coming out that are ai assisted cheats and I think this okay. is kind of the future, especially since we've been talking about what's the one way that I've been kind of saying would be the best way to kind of get rid of cheats. I know. Uh, can I? Uh, what What is Windows building in anti-cheat to the operating system? 
Okay. Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, and another way, I mean, so you've got, you got it to where they could build in more restrictions to the operating operating system. Yeah. Uh, that would make a, a big deal, but, but, and then also cloud gaming. I was thinking oh, well, cloud yeah, gaming because the code, the, I mean, there's the, those two things to where they restrict, but then also, you know, cloud gaming to where you don't have access to the process or anything. Well, they've already been working their way around that um, by doing machine learning uh, on games to be able to provide the cheats without actually inter- interacting with the process. All they need is the video stream of what you're playing. And then it figures out, oh, there's a player here. There's a- So it uses AI to scan the video and then will put all those boxes and things that normally uh, you're seeing on an application laid over your screen. Can I show this? Video? They show some videos in here. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. See yeah, here, it, it shows a window. Potato quality. Oh, it's, pretty... it's on. Tw- it's on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not sure why oh, it looks yeah. like garbage, but. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I don't know if there's another. In... Is there yeah. a, a better video on one of the pages for it? But um, so what you're seeing there is pretty much on a regular cheat that would be interacting with the process. You'd have an overlay that kind of puts boxes like you're seeing here. Uh, showing you where characters are, you know, which way they're moving, uh, just just different ways to display where someone is, even if they're behind a wall or behind an object. So the way that um, this works is that the AI is watching the screen when it detects yes. the target. What it's doing is sending inputs to your controller to target it. So instead of it automatically yep. targeting it itself, it's actually watching the screen, sending the commands yep. to the controller and it's working that way. So it's more of a. Um, it's more of a screen scraping than it is necessarily yes. an aimbot. It's yes. essentially a, it's essentially aim assist, but on steroids. Yeah, if you've yes. ever played a Call of Duty game or something similar, aim assist is where when you get close to a target, it kind of pulls you a little bit closer towards the center part of the target. It's common on consoles and in first-person shooters like Call of Duty. This is aim assist yep. on steroids. And. Well, and you would think, well, how are we going to detect this? I think the best way that they'll be able to detect it, since they are interact, not just giving you, you could have hackers or cheaters that only deal with the visuals. You know, they're getting, maybe they're seeing a person they wouldn't have seen, right? That will be very difficult to detect because you can't really tell whether or not they saw it, you know, or or an AI told them to look there, right? Yeah. Um, but what you can do is, since they're then causing it to where maybe if you mouse over a character, it automatically fires or it nudges you to their kill box, things like that. That is where they'll probably be able to detect odd inputs. And this program will have to be pretty creative in how it quickly moves you to that point of the screen without it looking like a computer just went like, okay, you have to be here, get up there. Um, That'll be interesting to see if they're able to detect that. Um, Because there's another article here where Activision shut down an AI-assisted Call of Duty Warzone sheet. you know, and they're, they're talking about this is compatible with consoles, PC. Uh, you could do it on a mobile phone if you can get the, the video output. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways this could be used. And you wouldn't be limited by the operating system, the programming language, the security level of the operating system. There's a lot of interesting things that this brings up. Um, and this this cheat was being done, uh, and I think they closed down like July 5th. Um because there, there was anti-cheat police. So it says, first reported by the anti-cheat police, uh, anti-cheat police department. They displayed a video that was being used to promote the cheat on YouTube and other places on July 5th. 
I said, I'm using AI powered by machine learning. This cheat could work in theory for any game. So they're talking about something like this. Um, and it, Activision is already trying to deal with it. So uh, this is something that's going to be big if it gets to the point. I mean, there are some extra steps to it if because you could have a separate computer running some of these things, you know, interacting with it, uh, especially if you're on a console, you have something else that's doing all the work. How do you detect that? Uh, this is going to bring a whole new layer to trying to deal with cheats that I don't think most people were thinking about, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, damn. It's, it's an uh, interesting concept. It is. And it's, it's a pretty, pretty good, pretty good cheat to be able to make it work because it is so hard to probably detect. Yeah. I mean, you can't run an antivirus anti-cheat. You can't run an anti-cheat program on this and detect it in the same way. You have to look at the inputs. You have, there's, there have to monitor a lot of things that I don't think they were necessarily monitoring before. Um, and that's going to be, it's going to suck. I just hope that they don't start restricting, you know, I, I hope they don't, we don't get a lesser gamer gaming experience because of them trying to combat this, but this is a whole new zone and hopefully they don't start cranking, cranking down on it and making the games more buggy or harder to play or anything like that. Crazy. Uh, one thing I was going to mention, uh, just th- there were some articles on Windows 11. I don't know if you saw this. People have been installing, well, they they installed Windows 11 on mobile phones because I guess with with the new driver set and everything, you're able to install Windows 11 straight onto like a Android regular phone, like a OnePlus okay. phone. So people have been doing that and they've actually run Crisis on the phone. Uh, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of like that benchmark. But I, I saw a video of it showing a, a Windows 10 phone, you know, them running Windows 10 on it, I think. Um, but they were able to get Left 4 Dead, GTA 4, Rocket League, all these games they've been able to get to run on Windows 11 on a mobile device, you know, without any major things being done. So that's been something. It makes you kind of wonder what they're getting ready to do with Windows 11 because it sounds like they're making one version that kind of just runs on everything. Because if, if they're they built in all the stuff to have it run on a phone, you know, built into the base uh, Windows 11. So, yeah, I mean, make one version it's have a it, different processor. Yeah, make yeah. one version have it run on everything. I mean, that's kind of that's the kind of the new programming approach, is it not? Because they used to release different ones. They'd be like, here's the Windows 10 for ARM, and here's the Windows. You know, you'd have all these different releases that have different like letter N, all these different releases. Uh, yeah. It sounds like they're kind of getting it to where you have your Windows. And whatever you run on, it's going to be the same thing. We showed the interface that looks way different, looks more like a Mac. Uh, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to be doing with gaming on it as well. Because it sounds like they're just really revamping Windows, um, making it more like other, like getting closer to Linux and getting closer to Mac and making it so it runs on all these different devices just like the others do. I, I, I've kind of wondered if the core of it is becoming Linux. Because that's something I think that they've hinted at is getting some of the core of Windows to be Linux because it's just it, then it's more compatible with everything. I feel like this Help. is soon what we're going to see from Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, three billion devices. <laughs> three billion run devices Windows 11. Run Windows 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, it'll eventually hit if that's their uh, goal at some point. But of course, referring I'm to sure the anything- old Java installer that said, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, three billion. Every time you'd install Java, three billion devices, including toaster ovens and coffee makers, running." java so good so, um, I, how much how much time have we got uh we do have one video still left over from e3 i don't yeah, know if you want to just do that and talk about it for a minute and then um, that, then we'll have covered almost all the show notes except for maybe that extra 
It was yeah. hanging out. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so right, and this is, is Elden is Ring. This? So this is one of the ones shown at E3 2021. Okay. Um, this is made by Band, uh, Bandai Namco or by Namco. Oh, yes. Much Bandai like Namco. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. Hang on. Maybe. Eventually. Hopefully it's in English. Oh, jeez. We saw George R. R. Martin. Look at that. We lost Wait, isn't, that the, isn't that the guy that? I mean, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's a lot of penises Guided in that show. By grace, once lost. The golden order is broken to its core. So Elden Ring coming out the 1st of January, 2022. Um, Yes. Cool. And this is something different. Have you seen where like writers that usually have nothing to do with video games being contracted to come in and write a video game? I mean, there used to be people that were kind of famous for doing the stories of video games that become famous in their own for that. But I've not seen where they've really brought an outside, maybe Stephen King, but there's not many big games. But, isn't George R. R. Martin not. the one that's been unable to write a Game of Thrones book in like 13 years? But it's like, well, they pretty much finished. He couldn't keep up with the show. The problem is 
he wrote like three books or whatever, three or four books. Uh, and then the show caught up to those books. And then they had to have the writer, you know, the show writers finish the story because he couldn't, he took longer than that. He, didn't, he couldn't finish a book a year like they wanted, you know, or whatever it is. Um, it's, uh, so it makes sense. And I think he was kind of over it too. It's just not his writing style. He'd, I think he'd rather sit down, write a whole thing and then be done with it. You know, and I think for the show, they're wanting to have him continually writing content uh, and, and, you know, just didn't work for him. But this, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how good this is. I mean, he's a very good writer. <laughs> he's got very interesting concepts. I mean, you can like him or not. People but hate him. It'd be interesting to see how good this one really is. A lot of people hate him. Yeah, because he's a, he's a weird guy. Well, he's uh, people think he's late. I mean, he's old. He's an older guy, but people think he's lazy. Oh yeah. Well, I me mean, wrote a lot of really good books. I mean, yeah, but I, I'm saying Game of Thrones has exploded. Filthy. Jonesy says that since Game of Thrones has been out, he's written one book since the show's been yeah. out. Yeah. I think. Well, he doesn't need any more money. Like you know, I, I think understand, but the lore. Not, the people, maybe he's just tired about, of it. You talk about people that really invest in the, all the lore and everything. Those people are pissed yeah. because now there's a oh, huge yeah. discrepancy in the lore of Game of Thrones. Well, especially this point, the quality level of the writing would be different between, you know, it's a show. But it, yeah. even the last se- season, it ended up very different than I think if, if he was actually the one writing the whole thing. Because gotcha. he threw in curveballs that people didn't expect. He wrote things in ways. It's like they're trying to write to copy him. It's just not the same. When he comes up with something creative, it's different than when someone says, well, what creative thing would he think of? You know, it's, it's just different. Like he, he'll come up with something truly out of the box. Yes, I mean, I, you know, not that I like the guy. Um, you know, I, just, I didn't even finish watching all the Game of Thrones shows. But it's just, yeah, I think that he's, a, I think he was a very good writer. I think that it just wasn't, he didn't, couldn't be pushed. You know I, mean? I mean, he's coming up with very creative things. His books are very long. First of all, he's very wordy. And so you turn around and hand this book back and it's like, it you know it takes him a year or two at least, I've assumed, to write a book because they're so big. So um, yes, other sir. than that, I think we're good. There's, uh, we had something that we we could show off later, but I think we, uh, I think we filled our time. Where can people find it online, Brian? My nose has just opened up into a nah, no worries. Don't, bloody don't mess. So go ahead and close, close <laughs> us out if you would. I'll uh, be with you momentarily. All right, yeah. Hey, if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on uh, Gab or Parlor, of course, my blog, biteoftech.com. That's with an I. Uh, if you want to go check out our website, infectionpodcast.com. Uh, and on the right-hand side there, click where it says join our server on Discord. Because if you do that, you can go and submit news topics to our news channel. Uh, you can play on our Arc server and communicate with all the people playing on there and just kind of hang out. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting things happening there. We have our Steam group, which Steam's been broken today. Never did send the notification. Got to love that. Um, but normally there would be a notification that pops up for a live show. Uh, we have our video links to the podcast. So if you want to watch on Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, or DLive, you can do that uh, and follow along. Uh, and also we have our audio-only forms. So if you want to just listen, maybe you're on the road, maybe you're working, uh, we have plenty of links of ways you can do that through a web browser or through a device. Um, if you want to if you want to watch our pre and post show, go ahead and check out the podcast extras. We have a link for that on the website. And then if you're going to be listening, go check out our show notes. So this will be episode 339. You can click on the particular episode. There's a video player. There's an audio player in there. There's links for all the videos, the articles, everything that we refer to during the show is included in the show notes for that episode. Uh, and then if you do want to follow along, uh, that very helpful. And you can even do it to where you're listening to it on your podcast app and then opening up YouTube or, you know, open our website and opening up YouTube app and, and watch the videos as you listen. So, um, uh, other than that, we can support us through Amazon or, or we have Am Prime Gaming. We've got 
Humble Bundle. We've got all these different ways. If you go to infectionpodcast.com forward slash support, you can go check that out. All different ways that you can support the show. And hopefully we'll be ending up going to some sort of a convention again soon when things are back to normal. Yes, sir. That, um, by the way, we are going out to um, Las Vegas here in a uh, few well, a few months at this point. It'll be in uh, late yeah, September. If you're, if you're, sorry, I'm getting text a whole bunch of my phones blown up and it's all, <laughs> jesus christmas well um, hey, if you guys want I'll, if you want to do that make sure you message nick or i yes. if you're interested in coming to the meetup because uh, we got an awesome location we got um we're, everybody's getting locked down the flights the everything that we're going to do so if you want to be a part of that make sure you message one of us because we can add you to the discord chat group that uh, we're sharing all the information of what we're doing and kind of communicating about uh, everything there so uh, if you are interested, make sure you hit us up. We'll get you added to that group. Um, and we've already had, you know, we've had one person who added themselves yesterday to the list. Uh, so this is going to be great. We got a yep. really big house. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was at like 12 beds or something. I mean, it's, it, it's something it's, ridiculous. I, all I know is since I, Brian and I cultivated this trip, I am sleeping in a damn bed. I don't care. I, I, I don't care what, I don't care what anybody else does. I know that I am sleeping in a bed and I, I Brian pa- this is like the Brian first time pa- where Brian paid for the Airbnb. So he and his wife definitely are sleeping in a bed as well. Anybody, everybody else can <laughs> yeah. go pound saying, I don't particularly care. <laughs> All I know is that I am going to be sleeping comfortably. Well, I don't even know if I'll make it to a bed, but I'll be sleeping comfortably somewhere. Hopefully <laughs> we'll make sure you land on the mattress. How about that? Uh, hey, I appreciate you. All right. Hey, uh, they even have like, they have like an Xbox there. They've got hundred megabit internet. Like and maybe, they, they put all this in gonna- there. Are we going to do a little like infection weekend? Oh, oh by the way, uh, if our friend we Lance need to do comes, a live stream, we could do a live stream. It's got Wi-Fi. It'll have everything to do, do a, a perfectly a, high quality video, a pool game, like literal pool, not like swimming. Oh yeah, table. he's got pool. pool. Yeah, yeah, pool table. Yeah, we could do something like that. Yeah. All right. I thought you were talking um, about swimming. I was like, hmm. no, I'm not. Yeah, we'll be hot tub, hot tub streamers in Vegas. <laughs> hey, we, we've been trying to figure out how to work that into our. Oh, stream. Here we, oh, hello. Here we go. I'm live streaming on my infection podcast. Oh. Oh, let me get my uh, let me get my marker out so I can write your name on my arm. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Brian, thank you so much as always. We'll see you next week. Uh, Brian, appreciate you as always. Have a great week. Thank you. You In Minecraft. All right. Um, Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us, everybody, for another episode of Infection, the survival podcast. My name is Nick Craig. You can find me on various social media platforms. You can find all those at nickcraig.net. If you want to check out my radio show antics, you can do do so each and every morning at nickcraig.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.